welcome to the un 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 podcast, the Pokemon podcast that un un uns all around the un 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 meta. What this is this is, uh, meme? I do not know what? this meme that you are you referencing. You don't know this? How do you not no. know? We literally... Okay, never mind. Un, if un, you un. do not know, you'll find out later. I'll tell you about <laughs> it later in the episode. But thanks for listening. My name is Jake, if you do not know who I am, with my co-host, Sean. Sean, how are you doing right now? I'm good. I think we are both in a similar camp of life is busy, Jake. Life is busy. Life is busy. My college just had homecoming. So if you uh, if you were wondering where last week's episode was, that's where it was. I was <laughs> it I was, was a homecoming. You know, it was a it was a homecoming indeed. And I shot and I are very busy people. Mm. But this week is a great week because Salt Lake City regionals happened along with plenty of other news. So rain or shine, we're going to give it to you all of it, even the jokes in the un, un, un the podcast jokes. that revolves around the un, un, un meta. But, Sean, first, what do we got to talk about first? Well, before we get to the five-star review, I do want to say a little tidbit of, like, trivia that I found out. Team Rocket, whenever they blast off or pose or whatever, did you know that one of them, or both of them, make the shape of an R in the anime and in the games, I believe? In the... When... When they like introducing themselves? Yeah. When they pose and stuff like that, apparently they oh, they, yeah. they regularly make the shape of an R. I did not yeah, know. Yeah, it's like every single time they're like, Jesse, James. This was this is me, where like as a child, you like the fact no, that it's an R over I'm my head. I'm pretty sure there are episodes, Sean, where like they make the R and then the R appears, like <laughs> right behind them or in front of them. Are you telling me you nope. missed it after this long? I never learned how to read, Jake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, good thing we know everything about Pokemon cards and not the alphabet because we've got some excellent stuff today, including a five-star review. We're back to it in the five-star reviews. This one being from Dom the Bomb, 2416. Five-star review, best Pokemon TCG podcast. I am making a Pokemon TCG club at my middle school, and I'm hoping to play this at the club. Cutting to the chase, I love the podcast. Well... My friend, I hope you have an excellent club. Hopefully you got a great group of friends that just love playing Pokemon cards. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. That's awesome. Sean. That's a super cool club. That's, you know what? If the club, if you're listening, you, you are all awesome. Just you gonna are say all it. awesome. Yeah. And uh, I wish I had a club in school, but I didn't really get into Pokemon cards until I was like just about to get out of college, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know if I've told this story on the pod before, but I was a Pokemon card grifter, Jake. When I was, when I what was, what is a grifter? A young boy. Um, I I had a lot of Pokemon cards, and I went to summer camp with kids who didn't know enough about Pokemon cards. Oh my gosh, you stole from kids! I didn't steal. I was a child <laughs> as well, Jake. Okay, I was just a business child police Police! <laughs> i was one we of those kids though that like plan. that would like grift other kids out of their good cards sometimes i don't i still don't even know what grift is but i well, think grift is like clues, i just know that you're a criminal yeah it's like to con but like you can't be a criminal if you're also a child that's fine uh that is was, totally not a true statement you know. anyways <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about on the podcast including sean an update on Pokemon TCG Live. Sean, when was the last time you thought about Pokemon TCG Live? Right now, which is too soon. Um. <laughs> I, it is, it is, it is, it, truly, but Sean, 
what is the what's the big new stuff coming in from Pokemon TCG Live? I mean, the main things that you'll see, and it's probably I think already live from what I heard. Uh, but yes, I believe it's already happening. Yes, it's already out. But they have like animations in the battle area. Um, playing it here for those of the viewers on YouTube, but for those listening, there's like grass and and lava and a water theme, and it just kind of covers like the battlefield area, which is like, hey, it's the bare minimum. That's cool, you know. I, you know, Hearthstone, Magic, all of the other clients have had something like this for years and years. But you know what? It's a slow process, maybe, and and maybe Jake, one day the stadium you play will be what impacts the field that you are playing on. Wouldn't that be cool? That Just be like cool. in the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Just like in Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't know if Pokemon wants to be like Yu-Gi-Oh! But I mean, there are <laughs> some other things um, as well with this. This was a lot of the program visuals that were changed, updated, things like that. A lot of that has to do in response to the player feedback that they had back up in the survey in August. I believe in this podcast we talked about if you want improvements on pokemon tcg live fill out the survey i believe we also put it in the show notes description and stuff like that so mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting things i know they sped up the game as well in terms of the animations and stuff i think one of our big gripes was like you know the clock was winding down as your marnie was doing the animation and then all of a sudden because of the animation it'd shave off like 10 seconds and then you would yeah. lose your turn just because of that. So they sped up the game very, very uh, well. I know a lot of people were happy about that. It's still not perfect by any means, but Sean there, it's really cool to see that there are a lot of improvements on this right now. Yeah, I mean, the animation piece, I will, I will give the development team of Pokemon a little bit of slack here. Hearthstone has, from time to time, had animation issues where like, if you play a certain number of cards, this is actually a, a semi-cheat people used to use, you could play cards that would force animations to run. And while it wouldn't automatically take time off the clock, what it would do is by the time it got over to your opponent's turn, they would only have like four, two seconds left to play their turn. Oh. And yeah, like so a lot of games that have clocks have had these issues. So that's not really, you know, that's not a unique to Pokemon thing. So I will, you know, I will, I will give them some, some leeway there, but... I think the big thing that most people are, I've seen still concerned about is the crafting system. Mm -hmm. um, being, being that it's like a little too stingy. I know everybody says like, oh, but you know, you could just use the celebrations code hack. And like, while that's good, it's always important. It only to, works for a little bit. It only works for your first 400 packs, mm -hmm. which is a lot. But after that, you got to just open up a whole new set and there's no set that's going to have that same level of value. So I will see if the um, crafting system gets even more generous over time because I think as it currently stands, it's a little it's a little frustrating, particularly for content creators. Yes, short term it's really it's fine, but long term people are a lot of people are saying that long term just does not fit. But the one thing that I just want them to do, but they haven't done it yet, Sean, flip your opponent's Pokemon around the pokemon in the game are still facing you on oh. the entire board so ev <laughs> like all of your opponent's pokemon look confused it's just it's <laughs> it's one of those things that like i get it the casual players won't really mind mm -hmm. the veteran players probably don't you know like it, 
you're still you probably don't think that they're confused but like it just hurts to watch like I mean, it's it's terrible yeah this is one where like i really don't know we we both have the bias of having played irl and the original client where like everything is arranged one way i don't know maybe if you brought a new player in they would really love that and but here's the thing that i think um the way that i see the benefits of having the cards facing you is if you could read the cards but there's two right like yeah, they're too small. So like there's no point. So why won't you just mimic like a real ad? A real Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I don't know. Point, I'm not on the dev team. To your point about confusion, right? Like there is like all of the cards. I don't know listeners, I don't know if you know this if you haven't played IRL a lot or in a while. The way that you're supposed to turn the cards if it's facing normally, the Pokémon is normal, obviously. Mm -hmm. If you turn it to the left, so, like, if you're going counterclockwise, always go counterclockwise. Turn it to the left. That's A for asleep. Right? Turn it one more time, another 90 degrees, so now it's backwards. That's C for confused. And then you turn it again. That's P for paralyzed. So you can always go in alphabetical order, ACP. Mm -hmm. And then, so, yeah, little trick if you don't know which direction is asleep or, or paralyzed. That's really the main difference, but, yeah. It's just, like, oh, gosh. And, like... I know they have the little animation of the confusion. It's like, you know, the birds, but it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel right yeah. throughout the rest of the way. But it is the beginning, you know, at least they're acknowledging, you know, it seems a lot like uh, in previous, you know, with Pokemon PTCGO, there was not a lot of acknowledgement, communication, things like that. It was just things kind of happened. So, We'll see as it continues to come out. I don't believe it's fully out yet. I think it's still no. in like the Canadian locked beta, which it's in I mean, a few more countries. I think now it well. I mean, if you're playing it right now, more than likely you're using a VPN to get to it. But it's true. So uh, nothing's really stopping you at this point. <laughs> but also get a ranked ladder. There's still no real ranked ladder in there. I know a lot of people are mad about that, but yeah, you know, it is what it is, Sean. But Going across the pond, Ryan, what, what's what's going on over there? Well, Jake, inflation, okay? Inflation is going on. The Who price the price of everything is going up. And also, I will say the yen in recent months has been really struggling, especially against things like the dollar. Mm -hmm. Um and what ends up happening, right, is because everything is a global economy. You can't pay for everything purely in your own currency. So Japan has decided to increase the prices of their future sets, starting with the Scarlet and Violet series. Um, so I'm assuming that will be whatever set comes out after Paradigm Shift. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. Yeah. So it, it won't be anything probably, it may not be anything this year, or if it is, it's at the very end of the year. But yeah, they're going up. I think it's uh what? Prices will increase 5 to 10% with some products going up as much as 25%. What goes up what, what goes up 25%? I'm looking at this now. We have yeah, numbers. There's a lot of numbers, Sean, and let me tell you, Lordy. I have a sport management degree of touchdowns and restocking toilet paper and bathrooms, so the math is not on my side on this one. But I will say if you're looking at these prices um in terms of the like you're watching on YouTube or Spotify or something like that. A lot of people, when they just talk about um, just rough uh, 
rough estimations. A lot of people say like, you know, a hundred yen is a dollar. Yeah. Um, roughly. Or is that right? Uh, I mean, that's how I always thought about it, but like, let's yeah. just say yen to dollar. Oh my. Uh, so maybe, uh, hold on, throw exactly what I said out the window. So. <laughs> oh my, it's really bad right now, Jake. It used yeah, to be 100 yen with a dollar. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, it is very, maybe we don't want to use that uh, estimate anymore. Oh, Anyways. Oh my, it's 148 yen to the dollar. Oh my. 148 yen to the dollar. Oh gosh. Okay. I... Anyways. But prices are still going up in Japan, and and to be honest, I it wouldn't surprise me if they started going up in the states as well, or like other areas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we already see like card shops, like secondhand shops, selling at a little bit higher prices. So it comes to the point of like, when does you know Target and when does Walmart and when does all the Barnes and Nobles start selling five dollars a pack? I you know I almost don't I don't know though because like I said. Um... Japan, like we're seeing 148 yen to the dollar. That's crazy. So yeah. you think what what used to be one booster pack used to cost roughly a dollar fifty, let's say, is now like if you use the old prices for sword and shield packs, is now just maybe like a dollar ten, which is a mm -hmm. huge loss. Um, you know, in absolute value of that of what you're getting out of it. So I think it, they say it has to do with material and distribution costs, which like that's true because they have to buy those things probably from a different country, which means the dollar, their the value of their yen is making it yes. more expensive. But really, it's the value of the yen. I don't think that the U.S. or other regions will have the same issue because especially TPCI in the U.S., now we're U.S.-based, they did buy the print group, Millennium Print Group. Oh, they did, actually. You're right. We did talk about that. Yeah. So they, they will be able to better, I think, control some of those costs. Um, so yeah, I don't think we have to worry too much just yet. That's my gut. I could be very wrong. I'd be interested to see how like a Japanese Pokemon card collector feels like, mm. like an American or Australian or, you know, somebody that's not in Japan, because I know that that, uh, demographic, that market is huge, um, mm. of people who love collecting Japanese Pokemon cards specifically and, and exporting those. So um, it'll, it'll be uh, interesting. Yes. So, to okay. say the least. But, Sean, you know what's the most interesting, in my opinion? What is that, Jake? It is the results from the mm, 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 regional, Sean. The Salt Lake City Regional in Utah, where there were four Reggie decks in the top eight. Do you still under? Do you still not understand my joke? I don't. Please tell me. The, un, how un, do you un. not know this? The Reggie's go un, un, un. Oh, there we go. Okay. It's the Reggie I podcast. I haven't I haven't watched the anime with Reggie's. Oh boy, just listen to the Reggie's all, make noise. Look up all I know Reggie is like, isn't there like battle a, cry. Isn't there like a Reggie rock that goes like Reggie rock? No, not no. you need to look it up know. after this podcast I and do. then film your reaction <laughs> and tweet it out because <laughs> holy smokes, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> Anyways, in this top eight that you see right here of the Salt Lake City regionals, there were 837 players overall. So not the thousand, 
right that we've seen in the last couple events but still a very big number and salt lake city utah i feel like out west i feel like west usually has like smaller events okay. uh, not necessarily smaller but smaller than like yeah. a midwest event or like an eastern event yeah i think you're right i think that just the population density in between the east coast and also um the midwest also even though it's not so dense is a lot of pokemon players that live in the midwest Talking about the Ohio region, basically. Yeah. Um, and also, like, this was probably fall break for a lot of people, too. So I bet plane tickets were not super cheap, yeah. uh, if I had to take a guess. But this top eight of players who did make the trip, there was one. Palkia and Teleon still kicking in the mix. We had the four Reggies right there, fourth through seventh. I believe... Azul, Grant, and Caleb all had the same list on the same team. I don't know if Drew Kennett was part of that, but Drew Kennett making another top eight appearance. The Madman, the Mad Lad. Third place was a Garatina Loss Zone deck. Second place, Sean, this is slightly surprising, I feel like. It, Flying Pikachu Arceus. Yeah. Making I mean its uh, comeback. Yeah, we should take a look at that list because I feel like there's like even more it's, than just I, Pika. I didn't get to watch a ton of this event just simply because homecoming for yeah. my college. I was a little busy, but I did get to catch the like finals match. I did get to watch it as I was writing stories and it's a pretty cool list. But the the coolest list, Sean, in this top eight is the winner. It's Arceus Gudra V-Star. Our Gudra made it here on the podcast, Sean. We did it. Yep. As somebody, I think, on Twitter said, let's go. Let's go. But, Sean, which list do you want I mean, to look at first? Or do you want to look at some other things well, first before we get into it? I would look. Let's look at the Gudra list. I, I think, mm -hmm. how do you pronounce this human's name? I have no clue. Is it Hale? Hale? I, uh, they're American, so I would say Hale Obernolte. Okay. Obernolt. That's what we're going to go with. Please, I don't know. Please, send I think I had a I had a friend Jake. with the last name of Hale, and it was spelled like that. So, okay. if it's not correct, I'm so sorry. But anyways, this Gudra list right here, this RCS V Star Gudra V Star list, is kind of what you'd expect it in terms of the attackers. You know, much like the other RCS V Star lists that are paired up with a Pokemon. They use RCSV start. They power up their other Pokemon that they got going on in there. And then the other Pokemon really just does the back half of the game. You've got a Radiant Gardevoir in there as your Radiant Pokemon of choice. Because what Gudras usually like to do is prevent damage, heal off damage, things like that. And that's exactly what this list does. Yep. Heavy heals. You got four Hyper Potions in this list. Three Crystal Caves. Uh, hyper Potion, you discard two energy, you heal 120. Crystal Cave, once during your turn, one of your Metal or Dragon Pokemon can heal 30 damage. Um, I think it's the active, right? Or no, it's just any. Yeah, it's any Pokemon oh, okay, yeah. on the field with the Crystal Cave. And so with the double turbos as well, you're using an Arceus list, right? Yeah. And so attaching the double turbos to gudra we've mentioned this several times in the past but if you do not know hyper potion and double turbo energies are a great combo because you can attach double turbo energy hyper potion all that damage off and then well get rid of the double turbo energy and that's that you yep. know you can still kick 
What is really cool about this list, though, in my opinion, is something that we talked about in previous weeks after events. It's the Colrus engine, Sean. Yep. This is not a lost zone deck. This is not a lost zone box or engine. But like we kind of talked about at the end of the last couple events, Colrus's experiment is becoming a top tier draw supporter card. Yep. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, we said it before, but like just a raw, it's basically a draw five and you got to get rid of two forever. But who cares? You know, like half the cards more in this deck. Than not, more often than not, out of the five cards, you're going to get one that you don't need. Exactly. Um, there, there will, having played enough games now with Colrus decks, there's always going to be an awkward set of five. It happens. Mm -hmm. But a really, uh, you know, a smart player, a player who really understands their deck and the matchup can kind of figure out what cards they are willing to get rid of. And yeah, with a deck like Gudra, you don't want to be shuffling stuff to the bottom with Marnie. You don't want to be getting rid of stuff with research, um, you know? And so just drawing five, you might be able to hit a hyper potion and a double turbo exactly when you need it. Boom, boom, you're good to go. You don't have to get rid of anything in your hand. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think Colrus is, I'll be interested to see what Pokemon prints in the next few sets i don't know how mm -hmm. much lost zone support they're going to give how much more they're going to give but it seems pretty powerful already yeah and like in terms of a raw draw engine right like it's just good it's just yeah. like i the fact that people are like i prefer that over research is insane i've never research has like how many times has research not been meta yeah. Like there's only one professor's research in this list. Yeah, and I to be honest, like it's a good card, but like I don't even know why like do you have it there in case you have a really terrible hand and you need to starbirth and you go like I can starbirth, grab the research and see a fresh seven. Like that's I think the only time that gets played. It's pretty wild, especially, you know, um, another supporter edition that's in this list that I think is really, really cool. We've seen this supporter paired with Arceus before and looking at Gudra as well in its attack cost of being a water energy. Mm -hmm. Melanie is very prevalent in this list, having three Melanies in here. So I thought that was really, really cool to see this uh, supporter kind of come back. You know, we've thought about it and just like in Palkia decks things like that cure him decks but now you know we're we're seeing it back in arceus with gudra yeah i know it's it's a really good um supporter for this deck as well so yeah i look deck is super straightforward i think the biggest question you'll always have to ask is in the matchup like how are you hitting the numbers you need to hit and how are you preventing your opponent from getting those numbers like that is where i think this deck gets big brain is mm -hmm. like really understanding your the math for like not just one turn ahead, but like two or three turns ahead. I think one of the ways that it does that though, Sean, is that big parasol mm -hmm. in that list. If you do not remember big parasol, as long as the Pokemon this card is attached to is in the active spot, prevent all effects of attacks from your opponent's Pokemon done to all of your Pokemon. So Sableye lost box that is not in this top eight, mind you, yep. and is just was a really, really good deck before this event. It is now just obstructed, just like yeah. that. And honestly, Gudra can heal a lot of that damage off anyways. Also, also, Giratina V-Star's V-Star attack. That automatically yeah. knocks you out. 
That is true. Yes, because the the knockout, the automatic knockout, is an effect of the attack. That's a really good point. I didn't think about. Yep, sneaky, sneaky. So you're basically like your other big, big hit deck out there. Uh, just can't really get through. So, yeah, it was interesting. So like one thing I'll say is the Gudra had a really awesome time when they got to top eight because, as Jake was saying, and we'll go back now, there was four Reggies in the top eight, mm -hmm. and Gudra just... I, I really think Gudra has a good time against that deck, those decks because the you're not hitting it for weakness, so you don't get any advantage there. You're gonna Dragon do, has no weakness. Yep. You're going to do a decent amount of damage, but not really ever enough to... To get through so if they can just outlast you the whole advantage of being a single prize deck kind of falls away so especially because you know you're you would think you know oh maybe it's got one attacker like reggie gigas reggie gigas only gets the extra 150 damage when it's a v max yep. pokemon so it's there's no opportunity to hit anything above like 200 i think yeah, list. and then you knew less 80, so it's 120, which is a three-shot. And if you're trying to three-shot Gudras, you're going to lose. That's, like, that's yeah. not going to work well for it's you. It's not very good for your prize trade on that. So that was the winning deck. Sean, do you want to look at that uh, cheeky little uh, Pikachu deck that's going on over there? Yeah, Jake. Tell me, what's what what's going on here? So in here, you've got your Arceus V-Star, right? And your Flying Pikachu. We've seen it before. We see it again. They got your Bibberols in there because your Bibberol is a great draw engine. Of course, you've got your Drapion V because you got to beat Mew, right? And there's only one easy way to beat Mew. But what's very curious in here is two things. In my opinion, one, the Radiant Gardevoir. I think that is a very, very cheeky card for this list. And I think I know the reason why on that. Mm. I think it's because of Reggie. Yeah. Is the Reggie I think it's not because doing of Reggie. enough damage after the Gardevoir? Um, wait, oh, no, there's no big charm in this list. So I don't know actually what the <laughs> I mean, there's math that works perfectly if you just take twenty away, but maybe it's like Palkia and stuff. Yeah, Palkia and Curum. Yeah, and maybe like Giratina. So yeah. like if you could just negate just the tiniest bit. Oh, doesn't Giratina do two eighty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that automatically right there just knocks away you know the ability to just one hit KO the RCS V Star. Maybe that's the big thing. Yeah, that's fair. And so, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> there's one more thing in here. You're like, Jake, God, one more like thing. Yes. I, yeah. There's one more thing in here. It's a one, one line of Espeon VMAX, Sean. Sean, do you know what this card does without looking at the text that you've got pulled up no, on the screen? I did not know what this card did. Please. This Pokemon is a 310 HP VMAX Psychic Pokemon. It has the ability Solar Revelation. Prevent all effects of attacks from your opponent's Pokemon done to all of your Pokemon that have energy attached. So with something like Lost Box or something like that, with the, all the one prizes, the Sableyes, and Arceus that accelerates energies anywhere on the field, you can basically, with this Espeon VMAX in the active, prevent pokemon from you know just getting wiped out snipe damage you know 
perfectly calculated in all these different places. And, you know, that deck specifically, Lost Box, doesn't have a dark weakness on your Espeon as well. It doesn't have necessarily a dark counter. So that is very, very cool. Max Mindstorm 60 times, one Psychic, two Colorless. This attack does 60 damage for each energy attached to all of your opponent's Pokemon. So could be really, really interesting in other like Arceus matchups and Curum matchups as well. Um, things of that nature, even something like Garatina, you know, because they can, once they start using their Mirage Gate, right, they get those energies there very, very quickly, very, very fast. You can catch them off guard potentially a little bit, but not too off guard because you got to lay down that Espeon V and evolve it first. Yeah, I think your point about the Arceus, the like opposing Arceus decks, whether that's Arceus Gudra or Arceus mm -hmm. Kiram, um, you're not necessarily, you're not going to hit for weakness, in those but the amount of energy like after you arceus attack and power something up there's all of a sudden six energy on the field which means that this espion is going to be doing 360 damage that's yep. nutty that's a lot that's that's like whew. and we're not seeing a lot of energy recovery either so a lot of times it's not even worth doing something like a manual retreat to get rid of energies and yep. things like that so it's a very very interesting tech that worked out for a long, long time in this deck. But, Sean, do you remember what Volo is? Uh, is it Supporter? It's a Supporter! It's one that I didn't know about before looking at these lists, and probably a lot of people don't know what card I'm talking about either. It's from Lost Origin, so it's relatively new. I'll give you that. It is a Supporter that says, Discard one of your bench Pokemon V and all attached cards. This is very, very interesting because it can do a numerous amount of things. If you've got Arceus V-Star, Flying Pikachu V-Max, Espeon V-Max, right? These Pokemon with a lot bigger energies where people sometimes could have a little bit of struggle to, you know, go, do a one-hit KO, especially because we talked about earlier with Garatina on that 280. You know, Radiant Gardevoir just says, hi, you can't knock me out. So you get hit by Garatina. Just retreat to the bench and then boom, use Volo, get that out of there and you don't give up any of those prizes. So it's a very, very cool card in my opinion. And you can do the same thing with Espeon and or Flying Pikachu in that sense. Flying Pikachu being the easiest because that's free retreat. That's fascinating. I did not, I didn't, I don't think I, I even knew this card existed to be, I mean, I, it sounds like a supporter, but like it, um, it reminds me of, do you remember the Giovanni's Order card? Yes. It has like two effects on it, isn't uh, it? Maybe, but I remember people used to use it to discard like their Dedenes or their... Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Giovanni's Exile. Yes, that's it. Giovanni's Sorry. Exile. Yeah, I so, do remember that card. To be frank, this is basically a, this is kind of a better version of Giovanni's Exile because it doesn't have any. I think the other one had like some weird stipulation of like it had to have no damage counters or I don't know. I think Giovanni's Exile had to have damage counters. Yeah, it was some weird. You had to have a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And with this, though, you don't have to have any of that. And that this is a really interesting card. I don't think you play it in more than one or two of in a deck, but no, definitely not. I really like where Pokemon has been going with all of the different supporters. Like this, Thornton, I think, mm -hmm. had, you know, a couple of moments to shine over the weekend, or I heard. Um, 
So there's a few really interesting supporters floating around right now that I think are waiting for the perfect home. It's very interesting, Sean. But other than that, I mean, this list is not all, I guess, all surprising. I think we went through most, if not all of the surprises. There's a bug in my room flying around. I'm going to have to catch that sucker later because it keeps distracting me. But, Sean, we've got some other decks that we can talk about. Do you want to go over the Garatina deck? Is it pretty standard? It's got a little bit of mix. I kind of want to talk about yeah. it a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a look. I mean, this is the interesting list that has not only Garatina and the Comfey as uh -huh. well as always, but it also has a little bit of the Sableye and Cramorant. So Lost Zone Box, we talked about how the one prizer box is not existent in this mm -hmm. top eight. Well, it's looking like it's coming back to what I think people were kind of talking about in the beginning, where it's like morphing into... You know, like one thing, Garatina is just jumping in there. Garatina being the main thing, attacking for that 280, like we said. And Sean, look at this list. This list has air balloons, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have any uh, choice belts. I mean, I guess they figure they can just take out whatever they need later with a Sableye, right? Yeah, until they Volo. And yeah, anyways. Yeah. But this list also opting to play a Drapion V, you know, Garatina having the four battle VIP passes to be able to get all those comfays on the bench, Radiant Greninja, things like that. Also playing a one of Collapse Stadium, which I think is very hmm. interesting. Just yeah. a one of. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. So let me see here. Uh, can't have more than four. So if you have five, play your discards first. Yeah, I mean, I guess the nice thing about this is can in a Pinch, it can act as a Volo, get something mm -hmm. out that has damage counters on it. You don't want to give up prizes, but also takes a little bit of the wind out of Palkia's sails. Um, so anything to do a little bit of disruption. But, you know, like I said, playing the four Colrus, playing the four Mirage Gate. We mentioned that card earlier. Not a lot of Pokemon search outside the battle VIP pass as a lot of decks were starting to... I feel like we're starting to see several decks do this now mm -hmm. where, you know, one Quick Ball, one Ultra Ball, that's it for the Pokemon Search besides something like Battle VIP Pass or just naturally drawing into it through Comfey, which is scary in my opinion, but that's because I've always been around for a Nest Ball or Quick Ball <laughs> or Ultra Ball, and so not having them is weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. I could see this being a deck where you might have like one or two games where it's just like you you have a dead hand and there ain't no way out of it. Like it's turn two and all you got's a bunch of battle VIP passes, baby. Yeah, and it's just it's just real, real tough. But a very cool list, I do think. But Sean, let's look at the 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 team Team Reggie. Azul Grand Getimer list. The team Un 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 list. Um and check out one of these to see what was going on, because I believe that there were some interesting things in here. But as you can see in here, you've got the classic Reggie's Reggie Alecki being the one opted for three along with Reggie Gigas in here. The Reggie Drago only using two of them and going both of them being the Dragon's Horde because that ability is really, really nice. You've got your Hisuian Heavy Ball because... You could just lose if you don't have a Hisuian <laughs> yes. Heavy Ball. But 
The things that I want to talk about that maybe some people don't know are more towards the bottom. The first one being a one of Yellhorn, mm. Sean. Yeah. One of Yellhorn being this list, if you don't remember what it is, is an item card. Both active Pokemon are now confused. So really, really curious, I feel like, in a lot of these lists, especially with something like Gudra, right, that probably doesn't have a lot of Pokemon on the field because they don't need it. They'll just keep healing it all off. So you say, okay, put another Pokemon down, right? Retreat into it, you know, uh, manually retreat or use a Switch card or something like that, which, by the way, not a lot of people are playing Switch cards. No, that's very true. So you've got that in there. You've got a one of Pokey Gear, some curious one of items, in my opinion. But the other one I want to mention, Sean, is an energy card. Hmm. Do you know which energy card it is? I do. It's the one that has been bugged on PTCGO. Yes, so you haven't been able to see it probably in PTCGO, but it is Gift Energy. Gift Energy, a colorless energy card. As long as this card is attached to a Pokemon, it provides colorless energy. If the Pokemon this card is attached to is knocked out by damage from an attack on your opponent's Pokemon, draw cards until you have seven cards from your hand. So you're a Reggie deck. You're probably losing a Pokemon every single turn because you're so small. <laughs> Perfect for the gift energy if you've got it attached. And you can constantly get it back on with something like Regigigas. So if you are in a situation to where, you know, you don't have your two Auroras, right? Or, you know, Lightning to fill these, like, double-colored combos for Regidrago, Regice, Regirock, Regieleki, right? Yep. You can use a gift energy instead and get some value out of using using ancient wisdom to be able to draw into what you need or to be able to uh draw into like a research or something yeah yeah I, I it's a really cool card i think that as i think casters and other people were mentioning like because it's been bugged i don't think people saw nearly as much reggie on ladder as mm. you know you might have thought and in the online tournaments as you maybe should have so going into Salt Lake City, it's really the people who like play tested in person and went to like in person events that had a good sense for how powerful this deck was going into this format. Um, and I think now it's pretty obvious, right? Four out of the uh, yes. or four or five out of the top eight spots being Reggie's is like, OK, OK, we get it. It's a good deck. It's the best single prize deck in the format. Let's be frank. Mm hmm. So. It is interesting, but Sean, if you could just go to Drew Kennett's list real quick. Okay. Because um, he had a little bit different of a list. He was not part of the testing group, I don't think, in this. But in here, opting for three Reggie Dragos, one being the uh, Reggie Drago with Dragon Energy Attack, the 240 mm. in there, but also opting for cards like Pokestop, Bruno in the in this list which are very very cool bruno i always love seeing bruno in one prize decks because i don't know shuffle draw seven after your pokemon gets knocked out it's pretty <laughs> doggone freaking good especially when you're in a situation when you've got a hand that you don't want to research maybe you have multiple reggie dragos in your hand maybe you have multiple ordinary rods in yeah. your hand things of that nature very important cards that you may need so very, very cool playing five stadiums in Drew Kennett's list, though, as well. Three Pats of the Beak and two Pokey Stops. You know, I wonder about the stadium counts because if people 
really take Reggie Deck seriously. Um, I think that the obvious counter is going to be Temple of Sinnoh. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get a Temple of Sinnoh after a Marnie or a Roxanne, any of those combos, to really stick, um, that Temple of Sinnoh, you throw that down, you smack into them, gift energy means nothing. You don't get to draw any cards. So that is how those Roxanne's and other things are going to stick. Um, that can really mess up your day because, you know, the deck doesn't really have a lot of draw outside of, you know, some of the gift energy combos or or what have you. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how much you start seeing the Temple of Sinnoh. For those of you who don't know, Temple of Sinnoh says all special energy attached to all Pokemon, yours and your opponent, um, only provide one energy, and it only provides colorless energy, and I also think it ignores all other effects of the card. So double turbos yes. turn into singles, but also mm-hmm. things like capture, Aurora, speed energy, gift energy, they lose all their effects. They're just a random colorless energy. I don't know how much Temple of Sinnoh actually comes up. I think people may opt more towards Collapse Stadium because I feel like, I mean, we're seeing a couple decks right here. The first two decks play things like Double Turbo. They're Mm -hmm. very important in the list. So I feel like you could see that with a couple other decks as well where they just really, really want those special energies. And so maybe they just try to deter you by you know, using that Collapse Stadium to get rid of not just one Reggie from the bench discard, but knocking out their other Reggie. So then they have to get two instead of one and bump the stadium to even attack if if they struggle with drawing and things like that. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. That might be um, a more holistic play, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like Temple of Sinnoh, I think, Especially in I think something matchups. like a Palkia deck would go Temple of Sinnoh for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like between Path to the Peak and Temple of Sinnoh, but like depending on the, your build, like if you could run both, I, I don't know. I just think that like people are going to start playing around with it, especially if you see more and more Reggie because it's just a powerful deck. Um, it's a cheap deck. Yep. And if you can, for, if you can somehow get what you need in before you know, your opponent can get what they need and then throw a Temple of Sinnoh down. In a majority of matchups, it's going to be real annoying. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. It'll be very interesting, Sean. Just like, you know, this podcast, I feel like, is very interesting. Wouldn't you agree? So interesting, Jake. So very, very interesting. So interesting. <laughs> Hopefully things, you know, calm down a little bit for us so that we can breathe, sleep, eat it's late right now and i still have to edit the pod after this but anyway (laughs) sean it's been an excellent cast hopefully hopefully i get to watch a little bit more of the next regional the next event i i just i want to watch more pokemon i just want to watch this format people are having a lot of fun i've been having some fun talking about it watching it and I'm still excited for the next set, though, you know, oh, especially because yeah. um, the like Alolan Vulpix comes in the next set. Right. I don't I believe so. Yeah. Remember if it's very competitive, but I, I just I like Alolan Vulpix. It's very cute Pokemon, Sean. But we'll talk about it in the set review in a pod in the future. I can't remember when that's going to be, but it's going to be soon. Anyway, Sean, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta, the Metapod, the podcast, whatever you want to call it. Have a great rest of the day. Sean now understands my joke, so it's time to say goodnight.